So this morning, uh, I want to talk about a cycle, right? Uh, a cycle of a Christian, right? So um, things I want you to remember this morning, uh, there's, you know, when you think about these points as I go through them, uh, remember this, get saved, get baptized, get strengthened, get others. Get saved, get baptized, get strengthened, get others, all right? And so that is the cycle that we go through as Christians. Get saved, get baptized, get strengthened, get others, right? Um, and we see this cycle repeating itself throughout the book of Acts, uh, and it's never more apparent uh, than with the life of Paul or Saul, as he's known at this time, right? Uh, now, Saul is a very interesting guy. Uh, Later, you know, he becomes one of the most prolific writers in the New Testament. Uh, I mean, really, nobody wrote more than him in the New Testament. And so, but before that, he was one of the greatest persecutors of Christians and of Christ, right? And so, uh, seeing his experience uh, of when he was saved and how he immediately started preaching the Lord afterwards. Uh, it's a really beautiful thing, and it really should be an example for all of us. So let's go ahead and pray before we open up God's Word. Dear Lord, uh, I thank you for uh, this day. Thank you for uh, this time that we have together to study your Word, Lord. I pray that as we move forward this morning that you allow your Word to seep into our hearts and allow it to change us uh, and help it to guide us through our lives. Uh, I pray, Lord, that these things would just rest in our minds and we allow us to focus on you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the first thing I want to talk about this morning is Saul is saved. Okay? Now this is in Acts chapter 9. Uh, and, you know, I know there's a bit of controversy uh, on this. Some people think different ways of when exactly was the moment that Saul was saved. Uh, and so I, I even called my old pastor and asked him what he thought on it and he just started laughing at me he goes that is like one of the things that pastors argue about all the time of did was he saved on the road to Damascus or was he saved when he got there and so that's the here's my answer Saul was saved in Acts chapter 9 there you go <laughs> Saul was saved in Acts chapter 9 everybody can agree on that whether he was saved at the exact moment uh, when, the, when he encountered the Lord, or whether he was saved uh, once he got there, um, it's kind of missing the point. You know? And even Saul later, when he gives his testimony, he says he was saved on the road to Damascus. And um, when I was talking about this uh, with my, my old pastor, uh, he kind of pointed out something out to me. It's uh, when we have an altar call, right? And a person decides in their pew that they're gonna come down and pray with the pastor. Are they saved at the moment that they decide to come down? Or are they saved when they come and pray with the pastor? This is something interesting, because what if they drop dead in the, mo in the middle of when they're walking down the aisle? Have they not already made that decision to repent and follow Christ? And so this is a similar thing that we need to think about with Saul here. And so just remember that whenever you hear people arguing about this. Sometimes it's, a, sometimes it's a short process. And, and so I would say this whole part of this chapter is when Saul was saved. That, you know, the moment that he fall, fell off, 
uh, his donkey. Uh, and then when he got to Damascus and Ananias was uh, ministering to him, that's all part of that process there. And so uh, to pinpoint the exact moment, that's a very hard thing to do. And nobody will ever stop arguing about that. So uh, Paul was saved in Acts chapter 9, right? All right. And so the first thing we see here in Acts chapter 9 is Saul has an encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 9, and I apologize for this. If you're reading on the screen, you probably can't read it because I forgot to split up the slides. And so uh, if you're watching this online, pause it and read it later. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to go ahead and read through this. It says, Then Saul, still breathing threats of, uh, and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near to Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul rose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. And so this experience that Saul has, you know, remember, Saul knew who Jesus was. In fact, he was actively persecuting those who followed Jesus, right? So obviously he had heard uh, what Stephen uh, said when, when he was stoned, because uh, he was there, uh, he was actively persecuting. So he knew the message. Uh, so I want to I make sure that we understand that before we move on. This isn't, you know, Saul never having heard of Jesus and then uh, coming to know Jesus out, out of that. No, he already knew who Jesus was. He just wasn't following him as his Lord. And so uh, after this, he says, Lord, who are you? Right. And Jesus reveals himself to him. Then we see here in this passage that uh, Ananias is sent to Paul. Uh, this is an important part of this passage as well, uh, because it does take other believers to go and minister to and strengthen uh, new believers. And so Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 16. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and, he, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. 
Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And so uh, Ananias doesn't want to go, right, because of who Saul, he'd heard about Saul. Uh, this should remind us that a lot of times the people that need to hear God's word the most are the ones that we don't want to talk to, right? Uh, think about uh, all the way back to Jonah, right? He did not want to go to Nineveh because he looked down on those people. Those people were persecuting the Jews, right? And so he didn't want to go there, but God said, no, you need to go and tell them to repent. And so sometimes we have to go and tell the people that we don't really want to tell. Uh, not just that we're uncomfortable telling people, but literally the people that we don't like, right? Uh, they need Christ too. And so looking at Saul's conversion here, Saul's, Saul being saved, right? What does that tell us? We need Christ. We need to turn to Christ. We have to be saved. Uh, we, are, we like to say, oh, well, Saul, is, Saul was so bad. He was persecuting people. Well, understand that we're no different. Uh, we are at our hearts, at our very beings, awful people. Uh, everyone that is being honest with themselves should be able to say that. Uh, you, if there's no, you know, anytime someone says, well, I'm a good person. Well, then you talk to them. Have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen? Have you ever done any of these things that the Bible says is wrong? Well, sorry, that condemns you before God. And so we need to turn to Christ, the only one who is perfect and the only the one that came and died for our sins. That way, uh, God looks at us through Jesus's blood and not through our own deeds. That's that's what we need to do is turn to him. So after this, the very first step that Saul takes, right, after he's saved, is he's baptized. So remember that if you're saved, you need to be baptized afterwards. So Saul's baptized in verses 17 and 18. Uh, it says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, uh, note here, Ananias addresses him as brother, so just just a little uh, thing there. Uh, sorry, that's no, going to no doubt make some of those other people mad. Uh, anyway, it says, the, uh, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, this is not, by the way, talking about indwelling of the Spirit here. This is talking about uh, the ability to go and plant churches. Uh, this is another thing that we see in the book of Acts is when the people were baptized, they didn't yet you know, have the Holy Spirit in that starting a church, right? And so that had to be done by someone of, with the authority to do it. And then it says, Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So Saul was baptized. 
we need to be baptized. Right? If we're following the example that's set forth in the Bible, we get saved, we get baptized. Why? Well, first of all, because Jesus was baptized. Right? We're supposed to be, as Christians, we are supposed to be like Christ. Uh, we are supposed to be doing the same things that Jesus did. And so Jesus was baptized. Therefore, we should get baptized. Another reason. Uh, because baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Colossians 2.12 says, uh, We're buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And so when we get baptized, it is a visual representation of, of what Christ went through. Dying, being buried, and rising again. When we go under the water, that is our old man dying. And we're under there, that representing the burial. And then we come out representing the resurrection. It also shows God that you are ready to serve him. Because you are following that first thing that he told you to do. It also show is a visual representation sorry a visual representation of that inward change that already happened when you're saved another reason so this is the big reason if you need no you you don't really need any other reason than this jesus commanded it why why should you get baptized because jesus told you to if you don't have if you can't think of any other reason that should be good enough jesus said to do it Matthew chapter 28, this is the command to go and disciple. This is the Great Commission. It says uh, in verses 19 and 20, or it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So we do it because Jesus commanded us to do it. This verse actually leads me to my next point, you know, about discipleship. Uh, just like Paul is strengthened in this passage, uh, we need to be strengthened as Christians, right? It, when you're a babe, you're not supposed to stay a babe forever. You're not supposed to stay on milk forever. You're supposed to be able to chew meat eventually, right? Uh, well, we need to be strengthened. Because, so we see the next part of this journey that Saul has. Well, Saul is strengthened after he's baptized. In verse 19, just one verse here, it says, So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. And so did Saul immediately go out and start preaching? Did Saul immediately start uh, telling people all about Jesus? No, he needed to be strengthened first, right? That, this is talking about his literal physical body uh, needed to be strengthened, but also it says that he spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. This is discipleship here. And so they were teaching him. Now Saul likely already knew the Old Testament scriptures very well. But he needed to spend days with the disciples of Christ in order to be strengthened and go out and spread the gospel. 
right? And so just like Saul did, we need this as well. Um, a new believer in Christ, right, can go out and tell people what Jesus did for them. They, they can go out and tell their testimony, right? But until they are taught, that's about all they have. What happens when your testimony isn't enough uh, when someone's asking questions about the Bible? You need to have some scripture to be able to share with them. You need to be taught in order to be able to share those things. So we need to be strengthened. If you would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 10 through 6, this is one of the great reasons why we need to be strengthened is because when we go out and we start hearing you know, Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons telling us all of their doctrines and stuff, uh, we, don't, we need to be not carried away with all of those doctrines. And so verses 10 through 16, it says, He who descended is also the one who ascended uh, far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Listen to why he gave these people. It says, For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so these teachers, uh, all these people that are in ministry are given, why? For the equipping of the saints for the ministry. Then it says, till we all come uh, to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning and craft, sorry, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And so we need to not be like children carried away with any new thing that we hear. It says, but speaking that this is what we are to do, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so we are to grow and we're to grow together towards Christ, uh, the, the body, so that the body may edify itself in love. Then another verse that says something similar, uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9. It says, Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace, not with foods which have not profited those who have been occupied with them. And so, again, so that we are not carried about by strange doctrines. This is one of the reasons why we have discipleship. We have to make sure that people are strong in the doctrines that the Bible teaches and not just random things that people decide to cook up. Another reason, and this is important, uh, discipleship is not just for the pastor to do. This is other Christians, other mature Christians in 
churches uh, to be doing with other people. Uh, Proverbs 27, 17, one of the most famous verses in the Bible. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And so uh, you notice iron sharpens iron. And so the same, right? This isn't talking about steel sharpening iron. No, because why, why would you not have that? The steel would wreck the iron, right? And so it's important to have people that are on a similar level be interacting with each other and helping to strengthen one another. We need to have good Christian fellowship here. We need to strengthen each other. So it's not just about coming to church and sitting in a pew. It's about fellowshipping with other people in the body, right? We need to be doing this with each other. So after Saul is strengthened, right? After we're strengthened, what, what are we to do? What, what did Saul do? Saul goes and preaches the gospel. Saul goes and preaches the gospel. Verses 20 through 30 in Acts chapter 9. Uh, this is quite awesome here. So remember, Saul was not a, a, a nobody. He was quite well known. And so for him to change fairly quickly like this uh, was not only astonishing to the believers in Christ, but also other people uh, that knew who Saul was because he was known for persecuting Christians. And so when he was going to preach the gospel, they're like, wow, this guy has made like a 180. It should be like that for us. It says, immediately he preached uh, the Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God, that all who heard were amazed and said, is this not he who destroyed those who called on, on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength. Remember, he was first strengthened by the other disciples, so he had that good foundation. The reason why he's not carried away with other things is because he had that foundation, right? So all of anything people were saying against him only strengthened him more and said, and confounded uh, the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. Now, after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. And they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and let him down through the wall in a large basket. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them, uh, how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly in Damascus the name of Jesus. So he, when he, sorry, so he was with them at Jerusalem coming and going out and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, but they attempted to kill him. Then the brethren found out and they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. And so Saul, 
He's not only preaching Jesus, he's preaching it boldly. He's not afraid of anybody that was persecuting him, partially probably because he used to be one of those people that persecuted, but he's preaching boldly Jesus after just a short time before being one of the ones that was persecuting. It's such an amazing thing. But we'll see the results here uh, pretty soon of Paul's preaching. But what does this tell us? Well, we need, it's not just, you know, we should, we need to proclaim the gospel. It is very needed. Romans chapter 10, a, a writing of Paul, by the way, uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. A lot of people just stop there. Oh, that's awesome. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, let's continue on. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So we need to preach the gospel. I, I think it's an awesome verse, you know, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But the, the clarification of that is, well, how can they call upon, them, upon him whom they have not believed? How can they believe if they have not heard, right? Basically, how can you call upon Jesus if you don't know who Jesus is? So people need to be told who Jesus is. What's the result of preaching? What is, what is the result of all of this? You know, the, this cycle that we're talking about, right? Uh, get saved, get baptized, get strengthened, get others, right? What is the result of that? Well, the churches, uh, we see in this last verse that we're going to go over, um, we see that with Saul, the churches were edified and they multiplied, right? The churches were edified and they multiplied. Acts chapter 9, verse 31. It says, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. And so just like Saul, right, just like other believers, if we do this, God will provide the increase, right? We need to go and fulfill this, fulfill the Great Commission, and God will add to our numbers. God will help our churches grow. It's a beautiful process. It, you know, if you think about it too, if you have a relationship with Jesus, if that is your most important relationship, do you not want to tell people about him? It's kind of a, you know, you think about that, you know. I, I can't even think about a day where I don't tell people about my wife. Uh, I love my wife a lot. Should we not want to tell people about Jesus, even if it just comes up in conversation? What I don't understand is the people that actually avoid telling people about Jesus. If it comes up in conversation, tell people. Are you ashamed of Christ? 
please don't be ashamed to tell people about Jesus. You know, that's what the world wants us to do. And so, in conclusion this morning, as the pianist and song leader come, I want us to, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, all right, think about Paul here when he was on the road to Damascus. What did Jesus say to him? It's hard for thee to kick against the goads, right? The goads are when they're, when they're spurring the horse to make it move faster, right? And so don't be that person. Don't be that person that's sitting in the pews, feels the Holy Spirit leading them to accept Jesus, and then walks out and never does anything about it. Don't be kicking against the goads, right? The Holy Spirit's trying to get you to turn to Jesus for a reason. So you need to do that this morning. Understand that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that he came and died on a cross for all of your sins, and repent of those sins and turn to him. Do that, and you'll be saved, right? Pray to God, repent of your sins, and believe in Jesus Christ. Do those two things, and you'll have eternity with him. And then you should want to tell people about him after that, right?